Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Howdy and welcome again to another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander along with Bunker de France and Todd Roberts. Howdy. Say hello. Oh, hello. Hello, Todd. And uh, our uh, topic for today is, uh, our guest for today is uh, Hannah Reed. She is an armorer in Hollywood and uh, she is the daughter of Ethel Reed, who is also an armorer in Hollywood. And we're going to be talking about... uh, all of that stuff concern, concerning arms. Concerning arms. Uh, but first, we have a bit of uh, housekeepy stuff to do. Little public service announcements okay. here. November 6th and 7th, 2021, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., is the Cowboy Festival at the Empire Ranch, put on by the Empire Ranch Foundation. Join us for the whole family fun. Located off of Scenic Highway 83, Empire Ranch Road, Sonoida, Arizona. Uh, the email is www.empireranchfoundation.org. There is a $25, a $20 donation per vehicle requested. Uh, there will be Western music and entertainment, history and culture demonstrations, real-life uh, exhibits, kid activities, skilled artisans and speakers, silent auction and food. There will be an ATM there available to to suck away your cash, <laughs> and it is a two-day event now, like I said, uh, Saturday and Sunday, the 6th and 7th. Now we also have another event coming up. And you're going to be there. Yeah. You're going to be there. Oh, you, yes, I am. Yeah, you're going to do... Uh, oh, oh, I'm going to be doing cowboy conversations, right. talking about Western movies, Western and movies Mar- shot at the ranch. And Marty and Gene Freeze are going to be joining you, They'll too. be there on, on the uh, 6th, and then... Uh, you just might squeeze Mr. Alexander down there for the seventh. It'll uh, be a squeeze, all right. <laughs> it'll be a squeeze, and and then we'll definitely be in trouble. Yep. Uh, the other thing I've got coming up here, which is uh, we may be involved in that and maybe not, mm-hmm. and that's the Wild Bunch Film Festival, mm-hmm. which is at various times Thursday, September 30th to Sunday, October 3rd. And this is Wilcox. It'll be taking place at the Historic Theater, 134 North Railroad Avenue. Mm-hmm. The cost is $10 for Thursday or Friday, an all-day pass. $20 for Saturday, all-day pass. $25 for Sunday, all-day pass. Mm-hmm. And 60 for a VIP weekend pass. All right. And if you want information or more information, go to thewildbunchfilmfestival.com. And they have a great Facebook group as well. Oh, good. So, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we've been invited to go down there, and we just may take them up on that offer. <laughs> if they can find a place for us to live. Yeah, we'll see. We'll uh, see but, you know. Uh, we can always sleep in our truck. Yeah, we were. Uh, that weekend was also supposed to be the High Chaparral reunion, but we know that has been canceled and, uh, due to things beyond our control. Cancellations. Yeah, so uh, there you have it. All right, let's uh, move on and welcome Hannah Reed to the program. Hi, Hannah, how are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you guys? I'm we- in uh, beautiful Livingston, Montana. So. Ooh, that is beautiful. Where is Livingston, Montana located? Obviously, outside, I know it's in Montana, but give us uh, some other uh, cross points there. Uh, it's, uh, right, it's right outside of Yellowstone National Park, uh, the most 
northern region, and it's also uh, near Bozeman, Montana. Okay. Now you just yeah. you just finished up uh, doing a, a movie there as as the armorer. Can you talk about the movie? Of course, I would love to. So it's really cool. Um, it was a really badass way to start off a really long and cool career. I'm hoping, but uh, I just finished up working on the old way with Nicolas Cage, his very first western. Oh, I heard about that. And it, it was also my first time being head armor mm-hmm. as well. And how was that? You know, I was really nervous about it at first, and I almost didn't take the job because I wasn't sure if I was ready, but doing it, like, it went really smoothly. How long have you uh, been under the tutelage of your father, the great Thel Reed? Well, I've been oppressed since birth. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He didn't give her a pacifier. He gave her a (laughs) derringer. You guys are so funny. Now, uh, you know, Dad's been teaching me a little bit about every now and then about guns since I was 16. But I think we really got into the stuff more just really in the last couple of years. Is it something that you wanted to gravitate to? or Because I know you have a film degree from NAU. Yeah. Um, originally, I had planned on like working with cameras, or I really like lighting, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to do DP work, but I kind of just tried it with dad one time and then i noticed i had a really natural knack for it growing up around guns my whole life mm-hmm. so now i've come to realize i'm like oh my god like this is a pretty sweet gig yeah i saw, I saw that you did some prop work too a, a prop i guess a prop maker uh is that how you started in with working or on the pictures or i know you worked with your dad some um, you know, favorite. I didn't do a lot of prop work. He kind of, he let me do PAing every now and then yeah. to like kind of get like get me in the industry so I could see what I wanted to do. Learning, yeah. And I did. Uh, I started with background work because I thought I wanted to be an actress, but then I decided after doing it, I was like, um, oh, it's not really my shtick. <laughs> I got a question for you then because I was, well, you're way I was too trying, smart. Yeah, I was uh, trying to, to be find, an actress. Yeah, I was trying to find some stuff about you, and I come across a couple of pictures that because. Uh, you're hard to find on the internet. In fact, you're virtually impossible. And when they do find somebody, it's not you. But uh, there was two pictures: kill Katie Malone and a TV thing, a, a call 911, uh, which had uh, Hannah Hannah Reed credits. Was either one of those you? Uh, no. So <laughs> technically, I have a technical different name. Uh-huh. Uh, other than Reed, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. You've got your acting name. Yeah, Reed's my Reed's my uh, business name. Okay. okay. Yeah, technically, yeah, I have my mother's last name. Oh, so. okay. All right. All right. Okay. We we'll leave you mm-hmm. at that unless you want to unless you want to uh, reveal it. I mean, I, I go by Hannah Gutierrez. Uh, if you looked me up, you'd probably see that I used to do modeling mm-hmm. a little bit. And then I decided that, you know, modeling didn't really have any sustenance and people didn't really see you for anything more than face value. Mm-hmm. So I decided to get more into, like, this line of work. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I did a lot of PA work over the years, especially when it was slow. And... It definitely gets you in, inside where you can, you kind of like to fly on the wall and you see and hear things that uh, 
sometimes people don't want you to see it here. Yeah, I mean, PA work was fun and everything. Like, I PA'd for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for a couple of days. Oh, okay. That was really neat. I, uh, basically, my job was just to fight crackheads to keep them out of the shot. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's almost like, you know, working as a production assistant, it's almost, it's almost like, what is the most degrading thing we can find them to do that will bore them to death so they'll leave the industry? <laughs> Oh my god, absolutely. I can't tell you how many, like, countless fields I've just sat in all by myself, like, miles down the road from anything. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. So, so talk more about this movie that you've uh, just completed work on. Um, Alright, so I'll tell you a little bit more about it. Uh, so, Nick Cage was in it, obviously. He was very nice. Kind of uh, standoffish a little bit, but, you know, as to be expected, the last day... He was pretty wacky and kind of fun, actually. <laughs> I think he was just, ex- I think he was excited to go home. Um, yeah, free at last. But, uh, and then Ryan Armstrong, I don't know if you guys have heard of her, but she's an upcoming young actress. And okay. oh my God, she is spectacular at what she does. Hmm. Right. Yeah, she was just in Black Widow. She was the little girl in Black Widow. Okay. She's about 11 years old, I think. Mm hmm. Yeah, and so I oh, got to like work with her. Oh, she's like a child star, or is she grown up now? She's a child star right now. She's like 11 years old, like getting really popular. She's on American Horror Story right now as well, too. Oh, okay. I, I think I know who you're about whom you're speaking. So, wh- what's yeah. what's the thrust of the movie? What's it all about? Um. So this is a this is a western thriller action movie about Nick Cage who used to be like a super um he used to be a pretty bad guy like he would go around killing people mercilessly Mm -hmm. but then he fell in love with a woman I guess and calmed down Mm -hmm. in life but uh then one of the victims that he had grows up because he killed some dude's dad Mm -hmm. and he grows up and he ends up killing Nick Cage's wife and Mm -hmm. Nick Cage goes after him all crazy so it's a revenge movie. Yeah, it's a revenge movie. It's called The Old Way because, you know, like, in the future, it jumps around. It jumps 20 years into the future where, like, Nick Cage's character, Briggs, calmed down and everything. Mm-hmm. But, so, like, he used to do, he goes back and he does things the old way because now they have a new way of doing things, I guess. And so what period of time is this taking place in the Old West, 1880s type? Uh, yeah, this is taking place in the first part of it is 1862, and the second part of it was in 1882, which was a little problematic for the guns and everything. I was going to ask They're about that. Busy, yeah. yeah, you had to have a complete uh, two sets, easily two sets of uh, firearms uh, to cover those periods. And cap and ball. Oh, factories, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I had to explain with the director because he really wanted him to have the same gun. And I just had to explain to him, I was like, there's no way that he would have kept that same gun over 20 years, you know, like the, the firearm just evolved so rapidly during that time yeah. period. Any yeah. smart man would have, you know, moved up to a peacemaker. If he would have kept it, he would have had a conversion cylinder on it. Yeah. Or he mm-hmm. got shot. Or got shot, yeah. <laughs> you can't yeah. can't speed load those uh, cabin balls. I know, I've tried. 
Yeah, for real. That's one of the things I liked about News of the World. You know, he just changed cylinders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Must have had a Remington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I convinced them to kind of sway away from that. He, om- I almost got the director to change up the time period like two days before we shot. He decided. <laughs> we all decided against it. I was like, "Don't do that to everybody. Don't do that to props. <laughs> Don't do it to costumes. If they found out, they would kill me." You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what were you supplying in terms of uh, black powder firearms? Um, I was mostly oh, uh, Remington. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't too many, you know, like there wasn't a lot, there's a little bit of gunfire, but yeah, it was mostly just a couple Remingtons. Then they were for show, nobody and, was uh, actually And of course, uh, some mm-hmm. Henry rifles too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which you like uh, better, working with the pistols or the rifles? I mean, I like, I like using the rifles a little more, um, I think they're fun, I love the lever actions, but other mm-hmm. than that, I like... I like a regular peacemaker for just shooting with. Honestly, like that's my yeah. that's my bread and butter. Wow, really? You, are you mm-hmm. how, how, yeah, good, how, how good are you? <laughs> um, you know, I'm getting really pretty good at quick draw. My dad's been teaching me, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm getting pretty fast. And you know, when your dad like looks at you and he like makes a face and he's like, "That was pretty fast," like you know, you're getting fast. You know, you know if you if you want to impress your dad with how good you've got, <laughs> go out there and take a washer. Yeah, there you go. And, and throw it up in the air and say, and, and and shoot it and say, see, Dad, I shot right through the hole. That's right. <laughs> What's the first? Or just in a, just just as a uh, uh, another take on that, Hannah. I've had that that face from your father, but the other way. <laughs> Where he looks at me like, God, there's just no hope for this person. And as a father, I, I have had. When- and as a father, I have had both faces. <laughs> I love when he makes that face, too. That's one of my favorite faces to oh, get out of him. Yeah. Well, you know, what you were telling me about that movie reminds me of another movie. It was a Western, but it had Smokey the Bear in it. And he went into the saloon, and he shot this guy. And the bartender said, Smokey, why did you shoot that guy? He says, that's the fellow that shot my paw. Wow. Yeah. Well... And so, uh, you know, there was actually something cool that happened on this. Well, something that I thought was cool is that one of the actors, I noticed, he was, like, really good and pretty, like, well-versed with the firearms. And I guess he's from Wyoming. Mm-hmm. But then later on, I found out that he's also working with my dad currently <gasps> on Yellowstone 1883. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool because, like, an actor that I was working with and training was also working with my dad at the same oh, time. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I got to compare notes a little bit, and I was like, so what's the difference, man? Like, what did I not teach anything that he did? And he was like, honestly, it's, like, pretty pretty word for word, you know? Mm-hmm. Teach so, him. I teach pretty much exactly the same way my dad does, I guess, which is good because well, my dad's the bomb. dot com. When does the uh, movie? When's the uh, scheduled release for this movie? You know, I'm not entirely sure. I would bet we just got done filming. They're bringing. Uh, they're getting. They're doing something with the film festival this mm-hmm. next week. If you look it up online, it says that they're like people are able to buy into it at mm-hmm. the film festival or something this next week but um what was the name I of the movie again for the folks summer. listening huh what's the name of the movie again for the folks that are listening the old way the old way starring Nicolas Cage like starring that. Nicolas Cage and Noah LaGrasse and Ryan Armstrong 
How's the livestock on that show? Uh, the lines, the horses. Yeah, that's my. Uh, they were, they were all right. They were, they were nice horses for the most part. Nothing really bad happened with them, so I appreciate that. You, you're not a horse person, then. Uh, not entire. I mean, I just never was really raised around horses, oh, and most okay. of the time, like, most of the time, horses kind of sketch me out on set with all the guns and everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that can be a problem. Mm -hmm. Do you? I know a lot of times in the past when we were doing stuff, uh, you know, the uh, the uh, generally it would be the prop master because on, back in those days they didn't hire that many uh, armorers. But uh, he'd come around to the he'd come around to the uh, wranglers and say, "Look, guys, we got we're having to use full loads on this shot, and we need to put some cotton in the horse's ears." Mm -hmm. And that could be fun, because some horses you could just stick to cotton in or nothing else, and other horses would go bananas when you started messing with their ears. Yeah, they think they got a burr under the saddle, right? Well, no, they, they because they've been abused or oh, because, you know, they're just not, they don't like their ears messed. You know, you like, sure, you got, yeah, like You don't us. like people playing with your yeah, nose or right, something, right. you know. All right, we got to do our very first commercial break here, Hannah, hang on. Our topic today is uh, Armorer Hannah Reed. And uh, she's just finished a film up in uh, Montana that stars uh, Nicolas Cage, and it's called The Old Ways. Uh, we don't know when it's going to be out, but soon, I reckon. We want to see it. Yeah, we're going to want to see it. All right, we'll be back with much more of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West right after these messages. Stay tuned. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient. 
and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Take Dodge City over there. Gomorrah of the Plains, they call it. Jump-off spot. People coming and going all the time, good, bad, and worse. Temper's high. A man will draw his gun quicker to prove a point than he'll draw on his logic. This is the Voices of the West. Jack a diamond, jack a diamond, and I know you of old. You ever rob my full pockets of a silver and gold? It's a whiskey, you villain, you've been my downfall. You kick me, you've covered me, but I love you for all. And We're back on Emil Francis, the Voices of the West. A bit of text written there. Yeah, raw whiskey. Yeah, yeah, raw, raw, raw whiskey. I think so. I mean, the father of John Ritter, actually, John Ritter. is most people. The Ritter Critter. The Ritter Critter. Anyway, we're, uh, we're the uh, Gamora of the podcasts here, uh, Voices of the West, Abel Francis, Voices of the West. Welcome back, Harry Alexander, Bunker to Friends, Todd Roberts. Our guest is Hannah Reed. Hannah Reed. Yeah. And uh, we're talking guns and uh, and that sort of thing. Hannah, when you... When you start out as an armorer, and uh, not as the lead armorer, but in, in the position, and the actor comes to you uh, to draw a firearm from your armory, how do you instruct them? What do you tell them? Don't shoot yourself. Uh, like, just about how to shoot and everything? Or yeah, what you- just give them this. Give me, give me the drill that you would do uh, for, I come to you, I've, I've got a part in this movie, and I know nothing about firearms, but they've still cast me as a cowboy, and i got to shoot somebody. So what are you going to do for me? Right. Right on. Well, I mean, um, typically, you know, not everyone's quick-drawn. Otherwise, if they're quick-drawn, I try to teach them how my dad taught me, you know, just to make it nice and smooth. Right. And um, try to show them... Well, you have to show them how to do the whole trigger thing. They're just usually all like, and you have to pull back the hammer every time. And I'm like, yeah, that's what you got to do. And uh, show them how to put on their holster. Yeah, like some guys come to me and they know absolutely like, you know, nothing about gun belts and stuff like that, which is totally understandable. So I have to teach them how to put on their belt, Mm -hmm. which uh, seems pretty funny to say when you put it that way. And then I have to like just show them how to, hold it straight, make it look like they're aiming at something, and also you have to teach them about the recoil mm-hmm. because these blanks don't really have right, a right. regular like pushback that regular bullets do, mm-hmm. so I always try to, in order to make it look more realistic, tell the actors to create a little bit of recoil with their wrist. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this then, because you know, this is one of the things that uh, people sometimes see it, and they, they think it's an affectation, but you'll see a guy fire the gun and he'll throw the gun back up and it'll bring down and they don't realize that on the older guns you did that to clear it you had to clear the cap yeah because it was a cap and ball and you know and that's the kind of those are the kind of little details mm-hmm. that I think makes a lot of difference for me because you know unless unless they're shooting a a, a peacemaker with a cartridge in it then 
that makes no sense. Makes no that. sense. But yeah. if they've got an old cap and ball, you know. Yeah, we see that in a lot of bees, old bees, where uh, they'll be doing that. Uh, and and t- like maybe that's where the term throwing lead came from. I don't yeah. know. Well, Andy Devine and Wild Bill Hickok, uh, Wild mm-hmm. Bill, he, he would always do that. You know, he's using the modern gun. But that would be a throwback to what he had learned as a younger guy. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. So, Hane, do you uh, uh, own any of your own firearms? Uh, yeah, my dad got me a Peacemaker for Christmas. Cool. Yeah, and I have a Walter P-22 as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but I'm no. looking into getting a 9mm Ruger, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet. I got a Walter P-38, real low number, but my dad got and I inherited it. And that is one of the sweetest guns I've ever owned. Do you like shooting black powder? Uh, I mean, I haven't shot a lot of it, but... Usually, I just go with the regular. I just go with cartridges, usually. Okay. Let me throw you a curve here. <laughs> I like black powder. That's a, Let me I throw you a curve because it. <laughs> it just dawned on me. I've been watching Forged in Fire a lot lately, and it just dawned on me that armor isn't just guns. No, they have it's to do swords, blades. bows and arrows, yeah. crossbows, you know, clubs, anything you can thump, thump or shoot somebody with. So what do you know about those, Hannah? You know, uh, this is still my uh, first film, and you know what my dad does. He doesn't really ever work with any of that stuff. I'd like to Mm -hmm. work more with it in the future because it'd be really badass to work on other things that don't exactly involve guns, like bows and arrows would Mm -hmm. be super sweet to learn swords, too. But for now, all I really know is, like, you know, the Wild West Peacemaker stuff. Work on your strengths, yeah. Well, yeah, know, I'm definitely gonna I'm gonna perfect this a little more, and then I'll start branching out to other stuff. I'm still pretty young, you know. I got time yeah. to do it. Yeah, oh, so. yeah, miles, <laughs> miles, and miles of road. Yeah, because yeah. you know, if you look if you look at the industry today, you're actually probably if it's not if it's not a cops thing or something a war thing, it's it's medieval or fantasy yeah. with yeah. a lot of blades. How, how do the uh, how do the men react when they come to you as the armorer? Oh, you know, I think that's, like, one of the funniest parts is usually they're just like, all right, go see the armor. And they'll, like, walk in there. And I was, like, working with the prop master on the last one. His name's Crow. And they would walk in and immediately go up to Crow. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, hi, I'm here. Like, to, I need to talk to the armor. And I'd be like, don't look at him. Look at me. <laughs> Let me ask you this then, because it just dawned on me, you know, because when I when I was working in the business, uh, most of that stuff was done by the prop master. Have you ever run into any uh, resentment or uh, pushback from any of the prop people? You know, I have not personally, but I know more than a few times, you know, a couple of jobs, like, will get stolen out from like single armors just for a prop master that has like his preferred guy or a prop master that does it on their own yeah so i personally haven't dealt with any of that yet i've normally worked with my own department Mm -hmm. and they have their own department and we kind of just chill and work together but yeah no i haven't had any issues with that yet but i also haven't worked under a prop master well you've apprenticed with your dad some too right oh absolutely good uh Want to talk about some of the movies that you apprenticed with him? That would be interesting, you know, your experiences and what he taught you and what you oh, taught yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, I've been. He he took me from being completely green and 
taught me everything that I know so far. And, like, by all means, I'm still learning. But, yeah, Dad has taught me everything. But a lot of things, you know, I kind of just caught on by myself and everything. Like, just... Yeah, just observation, watching him do things or, like, just knowing how the firearms work. I think loading blanks was, like, the scariest thing to me because I was like, oh, I don't know anything about it. But, you know, he taught me that, and eventually by the time I was, like, trying to figure out how to make a specific blank go when you want it to rather than it hitting, like, the empty cylinders and everything, Uh, figured that out on my own. Explain Um, that process. uh, So, normally, if you, like... You know, you open the loading gate, you put the bullet in, you have to put it right around to right before you have to bring that bullet, that blank all the way around to right before the cylinder. So then that way, the next time someone pulls back the hammer Mm -hmm. and shoots it, it'll go off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have to like look at the front of it and determine which one is the blank if it's dummied up, you know, that's how I tell at least. And in the other, uh, in the others, uh, in the rest of the cylinder, is it just... Uh, a dummy wads that are in there or what? Yeah, usually dummies. Sometimes if they won't, don't see the dummies, they won't have me dummy it up. I try to dummy it up as much as I can. You make it look real. But yeah. some, some people really don't want you to dummy it for some reason, just out of their own, I don't know, how well, they you know, want to feel it, comfortable, I guess. But um, it he changes also, the weight also of the gun, for one thing, you know. Like, oh, and it, you can, like, see the sides a little bit, too, yeah, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> well, by you, all means. You know that's that's, um, that's interesting because uh, because when I started this was like 1964, 65, and you'd go out on a job, and in fact a lot of shows I would actually take my own firearm out there if I knew the prop master, and, and a lot of us would do that, and we'd just have our own rigs and carry them, and mm-hmm. you know throw them in the back if you couldn't use them, we put them in the, put them back underneath the truck seat or something, but. Uh, you know, there was nobody, they just hit, sometimes they'd just give you a, a pocket full of cartridges, you know, blanks, you know, uh, always the old five and one and then half loads, quarter loads, depending on what they needed. Uh, but nowadays, it's like, you know, because the last, I think the last thing I worked on, it was like you'd do a shot and then they, the prop, somebody from props would come and take the gun away from you. And then when the next time you needed it, they'd come and bring it back to you. And it, it would get a little crazy at times because, they were treating everybody like they never had a gun before, which I can understand. That's probably the safest thing to do, too. Oh, it is. But, but you <laughs> Yeah, know, I but, that's pretty much just the standard of it now. Yeah. But I'm usually pretty nice to people, you know, I'll just stand right by them, yeah. get it out. And, you know, because a lot of actors haven't worked with them. And they also like they have to worry about acting and yeah. not about loading the gun and everything. So that's where I don't. Yeah. To make it safe. If people are proficient with their own guns. I still love them anyways, but uh yeah, the person who th- who says they're proficient is sometimes the one who is the least safe. That's the same guy that says I can ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And oh yeah. Todd, Other than that, my dad's been teaching me mostly about the no I think the most important thing he's taught me is just like taking care of guns and how to clean them. Mm-hmm. And I'm also like in the process of because what's really great about my dad is if something breaks on set, he can absolutely fix it. He's like right. a wizard with guns. So what I'm trying to learn now is like the ins and outs of all the guns and how to fix them. Do you think you might move on to gunsmithing? Um, not not entirely. Not as like a 
permanent thing, but I definitely it helps to know some stuff like sure. that when yeah. when you're on set and something messes up, you know. Todd, Todd, what do you got? Well, you know, I I just take a lot of selfish pride here, <laughs> listening to Hannah because you know I kind of watched her grow up from afar. You know, when my dad, her dad, was living with me, and we're running around together uh, for those few years and you know um, it's amazing to me that I sit here and listen to her and she's talking about guns and telling actors you know you move over there and directors how to make their film and back then you know um, every time Uh he said to me okay buddy Where's that toy store again? Because <laughs> uh, I gotta find something for Hannah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't go home with a Miss Little Miss Hannah Reed without a toy. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and she's now you know directing traffic on films and telling all these hotshots where to go and what to do. And uh, I think yeah, it's, just, it's amazing. Surreal. And I think you know I, I well, just... it's the truth, Hannah. I I mean you you're. First of all, you're very articulate and eloquent, and you know what you're talking about. Um, and I think it's uh, it, it's just it, it's just I, such a pleasure to listen to you talk about this because you're the only female armorer that I know of in the industry. Period. You're just a proud uncle, and Todd. <laughs> I think it's a great honor for our show. Yeah. To have you. Oh, thank you so much. I love, I love doing what I do, and I like bringing like a fresh female perspective into it too. Yeah, that's most great. excellent. All right, we have gotta... you had Hannah any uh, any pushback from females? I know you have from males, but from you know, have females looked at you and going, "What are you doing? Uh, you're making it hard for us, pretty ones." <laughs> By the way, you're very attractive. So, uh, you know, but for us pretty ones in the high heels, it, it, we don't get to we don't get to use th- those toys anymore. Well, um, no, I don't think I really have too much pushback from other females in the industry. You know, I think what I've really noticed about other women in the industry is that like we're all very strong and we're all very confident in what we do. And like you know, mm-hmm. someone who is so focused on what they're doing with themselves has no reason to be worried about what other women are doing you know (laughs) and i've noticed like it's usually outside of work yeah all the time but in work like i think it's really cool that all these girls are just so motivated to do what they love and to do it well that they don't even worry about what i'm doing well it sounds great that the professionalism in the business today from the men and the women Honestly, to. I had some issues with men being professional. Oh, really? The last Tell one. us. Hmm. You know, I was pretty. Uh, I, yeah, it was kind of upsetting a little bit because I. It was probably my first time on set without my dad, and yeah, I will say there was a little bit of sexual harassment going on with mm, me. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I won't really get into the details of it, but no. all I can say is that like it's very disappointing. To see another member of the crew disrespect females that just have earned, done nothing but earned respect during the set. Mm -hmm. But I will say this doesn't really happen a lot, you know, but it's just unfortunate because I really thought that that was kind of 
over with, especially after a wine scene and everything, you know? Yeah. Well, human nature is what it is, and there's, there's an, unfortunately a lot of boar hogs out there that have no respect for anybody, especially women. Or anything. And on that note, we've got to do our next commercial break. Hannah, hang on. This is Amber Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts, our guest, Hannah Reed. We'll be back with much more after this. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is open. The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. You've got some cattle you want rustled, but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job. A little lady up the road a piece won't strike a deal with you about water rights. You out there! Come one step near and old Bess here will spit right in your eye. So you need to strike your own deal, but you need the right henchman to do the job. The stage is hauling a Wells Fargo box loaded with gold. You've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold, but blank henchmen to pull off the job. What to do? You better start packing a handgun. Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scrappy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our rent henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a rent to sit there on your place and 
keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Brenna Hench, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. Out here, due process is a bullet. This is the Voices of the West. back on Amo Franzi's uh, Voices of the West Area, Alexander Booker to France, Todd Roberts, our guest, Hannah Reed, Hollywood Armorer, and... You know, I just had a thought, you know, that when Hannah is ready to retire, mm-hmm. with all of her experiences, she'd make a heck of a head hitch. <laughs> what do you think, Hannah? <laughs> you got any... Uh, a what? A head hench. Henchman. You know, that's oh, a, really? our, our commercial there. You know, and all the bees, they've always got the bad guys and the henchmen, and so that was a you know, commercial. They, they can't get out of their own way, yeah, but, so, but they, they do dastardly So we, we just had some fun with uh, doing, uh, we're going to be a, a bad guy rental agency, head a, rent a hench. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. In fact, you know, you, and, and you might want to get in on the ground floor because once this catches on, every every production company in Hollywood's going to run a rent a hitch. That's right. But we got oh, okay. we'll, we'll have right. to trademark it first, yeah. I think. <laughs> I'll be there. Just call me whenever. Oh, God. I have a crazy, silly question for you. I love your okay. name, and I know your dad. He's a couple years younger than me, so he would have been around when a movie came out called Hannah Lee. It was a Western, and it was a, uh, a doozy, great little Western. That, that, you don't know whether that had any influence in your naming, do you? You know, I think my mama named me after a Rolling Stones song. Okay. I figured that's what yeah. it was. I was hoping it was rom- more romantic. Memory but. Motel by the Stones. Also, it means gift from God, I guess. <laughs> okay. That's cool. I love it. Right. <laughs> so do you, do you have anything uh, uh, on the horizon since you just finished this movie now? Uh, anything coming up? You know, it's pretty cool. Uh, my buddy on, buddies on this one said that they were doing the next Nick Cage movie, and uh, they already had an armor for that. But they they contacted me about being an assistant to this armor, you know, and I commented back and I was like, you know, I might be okay with being a co-armor with this armor. So I think I'm going to be co-armoring with Jerry Hornbaker on the next Nick Cage movie up here called Butcher's Crossing, and that's a buffalo hunting movie. That's the one I heard about. There's a lot of good talk about that, the okay. story, the script, yeah. All right, well, so you're going to have to do uh, learn about Sharps rifles then, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to be learning a lot about all these different buffalo rifles <laughs> and everything. Oh, cool. Yeah, every movie I'm, like, learning new and new things. It's, it's all very quick. <laughs> Take notes, because one day you're going to write a book about it. Yeah, it's uh, pretty wild. I'm just stepping off of one feature. I get to go home for two weeks, and then I'll be stepping back on to Butcher's Crossing back here in Montana. Yeah. Wow. That's a beautiful country. I have a good friend of mine lived up in Livingston. He passed away I'm... about a year ago, drowned on a, on, on a out boating. Uh, oh, damn, on the Yellowstone, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Shoot. Cleve, uh, Cleve Loney. And he was like, he, he'd been a senator. He was a cowboy. His, his brother was a top saddle bronc rider. And Cleve was just a hell well, of a cattleman. Well, at, at least he went doing what he liked. Yeah, he did. He, he, had, to, he had to be happy. He drowned but happy. 
right? <laughs> Doesn't sound good, does it? <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry that you have not shot more black powder uh, firearms because I think you'd really enjoy enjoy them. Um, the loading uh, of them, the, just the care and maintenance, and I mean, it's you know, essentially the same thing as what you shoot. You know, it's got a cartridge, but uh, it's just a lot more fun. <laughs> Harry owns. Yeah. A, Harry oh. owns a cannon. Yeah, I have. I have two cannon, three cannon actually. Eighteen uh, sixties uh, 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 Zouave rifle, like a, a musket. Big cannon. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, it's not that big, but it, it's uh, the kind of cannon that would have been found aboard a pirate ship. On a, Harry used to be a pirate. Yes, I, I've done Harry. pirate reenacting and civil war okay, reenacting. Okay, yeah. If that's if that's what we're talking about, fuck yeah, I want to shoot a cannon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean it is uh, it is. You might want to rent Henry, Harry's house. cannon. I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, you'll just have to make a trip down to Arizona, and we'll go out in the uh, desert, and I'll show you how to shoot that thing. Blow up desert. I'm just back. show up with some Irish whiskey. You'll get his attention. You know, yeah, it uh, it it <laughs> it'll power a golf ball about a mile. You know, that's oh, that's what it's bored for cool. is a golf ball. <laughs> hey, oh, hell yeah. I wouldn't want to get hit by a golf ball hit by a club. When, no, definitely not when fired no. from a cannon. Uh, so I got that and I uh, got a smaller cannon and I've uh, uh, got three uh, pistols, uh, two, three forty fours and a thirty six caliber and uh, my Zouave rifle. So. Nice. I have a potato cannon too. I'll bring the potato cannon. Nice. Have a day. Yeah. Yeah. My 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 late son-in-law brought me a a package of golf balls. He says, "Here, Dad, there's some ammo for you." (laughs) (laughs) So you do your own loading. Like loading all these guns. Yeah, I mean, you know, like cartridge loading. Ammo. Yeah. Yeah, I load all. Oh no, no, I don't. I don't load the blanks. No, know? no, I don't. I, I get nothing. all my stuff from Joe Swanson. Yeah. Are you a hunter? You go out hunting? A hunter? No, not really. No. No, Dad well, never. Hannah's other passion is motorcycles. Oh really? Oh well, now. Well, I can I can just see her <laughs> driving down the road with a with a little uh, sawed-off shotgun, just you know, peeking over her shoulder, yeah. you know. A, a brace of crates of the uh, 1911s on, under each shoulder. This, yeah. this is the woman I want to take home to meet mom. <laughs> 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 what, uh, do you have a motorcycle? I do. I have a Harley. I call it a Hardly because that thing hardly ever fucking runs. Oh, yeah. That, it, must be, it must be an AMF model, right? Uh, it's a 883 Sportster. Yeah, 83. That's AMF, I think. Uh, AMF. Yeah. AMF had all kinds of problems with them. They could never. They would never start. No, always running down a battery. Is that uh, a kickstart? Yeah. No, my battery is constantly dying. Yeah. My battery is constantly dying. I'm just gonna get it running good enough and hopefully resell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll get you a solar panel on there. That. Keep that battery solar charged. Panel. <laughs> Solar panel on a bike, motorcycle. I well, I, when Hannah was here in L.A. last, I took her and her dad to my friend uh, Ben Maccabee's, uh Indian motorcycle shop, oh, Steel yeah. Buffalo Motors. Oh, and she was walking around the showroom going, this one, or that this one, one yeah. this one, <laughs> yeah. and that one over there. They had it, to follow her with a model because uh, she was grueling. No, they, that's what they did when I went to the Indian showroom. I mean, it, it, I'll take an Indian chieftain anytime. Anytime. How about a Vincent Black Shadow? <laughs> I'd love one. Yeah, it'd be cool. It'd be cool to ride one of those. I haven't yet. Yeah. Mm, boy. Yeah. 
Well, let me ask you. What, what one of your one of the movie one of the western I don't know what I'm saying here. Uh, one of the shows that your dad did that you worked on that I'd say was your favorite experience working with your dad. Um, you know, I think. I think it was like, it was before I was really working with him, but I have to attribute my favorite time ever working with my dad to probably 310 to Yuma when he brought me out when I was really little. Wow. Yeah, he brought me out, I think I was like 11 years old at the time, took me out of my fifth grade classes for about two weeks, and I just got to run around on the set of 310, and I think that one time that I went out to set when I was younger just like made me instantly be like, I want to do movies when I'm older. And so I used to run around that set and like hold up crafty with little plastic guns and everything and be like, give me your pistachios, you know. (laughs) So, so Todd, did you get... sounds like Todd on Monty Walsh. Yeah, so Todd, did you get that feeling when you ran around the set on Monty Walsh? Well, you know, when I was running around the set of Monty Walsh, I had no idea how much danger I was in (laughs) because I was standing like in the middle of the canyon when the horse... Uh, stampede happened and that's where I I told you the story about when my dad said I I saw him he was looking around and he was talking to different people and he kept pointing over to me I thought oh god I'm in trouble and finally he came walking over and he said hey Todd come here Uh, and I'm like yeah dad and he's like I gotta show you something (laughs) so he walks him over to this huge uh, uh, camera boom crane and which has two seats in it with seatbelts. And he puts me in one, and there's a cameraman in the other. And he says to the camera guy, okay, go ahead. <laughs> and they lift me up. I'm about 30 feet in the air. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, Dad, I'm way up here. I can't. <laughs> and he looks at me, and he gives me the thumbs up like, you're in the perfect spot, and you'll stay there all day. You can't get hurt there. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't get in. You can't hurt. You can't get in the way. Uh, and we can't have any more incidents. Right, well, you know, right yeah. after we did the horse stampede, we all got together and said, we missed him. <laughs> How did we miss yeah, him? Well, yeah, he was. I've told you the other part of that story is I'm I'm up there in the crane and uh, the scene ends and I I'm just it was so exciting you know, these horses just running below me full speed and it kind of things settle and quiet down and I just yell out at the top of my lungs, "Hey, Dad!" And you could, he had his back to me, and you could see by his uh, <laughs> his posture and his stance, and his his shoulders kind of collapsed and kind of like his chest sunk, and he just hit this. His, his, there was a cringe that went up his back. You know, it, the hairs on his head were standing on it. And he turned around and he had this wince look on his face. And he, he looked at me and he was, he didn't even say anything. He was just like, what? <laughs> and I went, great shot, Dad. And he goes, oh, God. The sound man. Get, is there a... Is there a summer camp nearby that I can put him in? 
All right, we got to take our final commercial break here. <laughs> Hannah Reed is our guest. She's a Hollywood armorer and Hollywood, a Hollywood armorer. Armorer. Get it all straight there. We'll be back after these. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Hymas Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Hymas Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. I'll give you $10 an acre better than top price for that section of yours in 43. I couldn't take that, Mr. Jode. I'll throw in a corner business lot right here in Red Dust. I couldn't do it. That would be selling out the rest of the settlers. That is some good business, Mr. Hardy. Let the other settlers take care of themselves. Perhaps Mr. Hardy has a code that he'd like to live up to. I'm talking business with Mr. Hardy, my friend. Call me Stevens. I couldn't choose my name, but I can choose my friends. This is the Voices of the West. 
Franzi's Voices of the West bit of Leon McAuliffe there. Uh, you know, we can't pick our names, but we can sure pick our friends, and I pick Hannah. <laughs> Hannah Reed is our guest, and uh, we're in the waning moments of the program. What's your favorite Western to watch, Hannah? Uh, I think my favorite one is honestly uh, Django. <laughs> okay. Django. Yeah. Is it mm-hmm. is it the ultra violence or is it the fine acting or is it the fact that your dad was the gun coach or that gun scene in the in the like fi- that final gun scene is just so badass and choreographed mm-hmm. insanely. <laughs> I love it. Have you gotten to uh, choreograph anything with the gun work yet? I know your dad's done a lot of that. Uh, you know, I I don't know. I I definitely make little suggestions that sometimes get put in, you know. Oh, cool. But nothing that cool. Have you got any uh, favorite mo- besides Django? Any other favorite uh, westerns with the gun work and stuff? Like I might suggest the Wild Bunch with all of the oh. all of the weapons and firing yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't seen the Wild Bunch oh. yet. Ah! Uh, oh, get no, your honestly, homework assignment. Yeah. I don't even know like what exact westerns I've seen. It's just like my whole life, you know. I walk <laughs> into the living room. I just walk into the living room and it's just constant westerns all the time in that house. Well, at least you were raised in the right environment. Yeah, you were raised correctly. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Well, let's see here. So, Hannah, do you? Um, you know, in a perfect world, do you get to grow and do other things in the movie business, or do you, do you just want to be the best armorer, male or female? Period. There is. I don't. I don't do anything unless I unless I'm the best at it. Really. So. <laughs> Good for you. Um, Good. Yeah, I'm very competitive, and I hope to grow to the point where I'm pretty much just an untouchable person that has all the knowledge of everything. And I think I have a pretty good support system and really good mentors and everything. Like, being working under this next armor is just going to help me too. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the experience you get is always. There's no bad experience. It's just bad. It's, it's learning. Conditions. Learning from experience. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That and I just I do like working with the little girls and everything on set, and I like teaching them about guns, and I like really. I think the best part about my job is just showing people who are normally kind of freaked out by guns, like how safe they can be and how yeah. they're not really problematic unless put in the wrong hands. It's a tool. That's all it is. Yeah. There's, there's so no bad me, guns. There's just, just bad cre- people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot. A lot of it for me is just being able to show the world, like you know, guns are awesome, and you know. You got it. Hannah Reed, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Appreciate it very much. This was a quick hour. Yeah, quick hour. And a fun hour. Quick hour, fun hour. Really, uh, really enjoyed talking. (laughs) Delusional. Really enjoyed talking with you. And and I hope your dad isn't hunting for us Yeah, right. (laughs) Right, Mike. Yeah, um, right on. Yeah, no, it's been super great talking to you guys. We've we've had we've had a ton of fun with it. Next time we get together here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, which will be the 18th of September because that's a Saturday, yeah. uh, our guest is going to be Ray Benson. Oh, that he, should be fun. It will be. He is the uh, front man for the Western Swing Band, Asleep at the Wheel, and they'll be coming to Tucson October 8th. 
We're doing the interview uh, uh, in pr- uh, to promote that as well as uh, talk about Western music. So that's coming up next on uh, Emil Francie's Voices of the West. Yeah, put on your dancing shoes when you listen to this one. All right, that's it. 78, 79, load up your pistol and ADOs. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West.